Welcome to Smart Water Solutions Podcast. I am Hakim Elfadil. This is episode number 29. Today's guest is the founder of Colimine Rapid Microbiology. It is an online bacteria analyzer. So according to Wolfgang, there are three dimensions to evaluate the quality of the water. The physical dimension, the chemical, and biological. So the physical, chemical, there are so many sensors in the market that can give you the information about pH, temperature, and so on in, in the water. When it comes to the biological quality of the water, you need to analyze and get this information within one up to four days. So his solution, Colliminder, is able to deliver this information within 15 minutes. So in this episode, we are going to talk about this water solutions that will enable not only the wastewater system but so many other applications to get this information in real time and then optimize their system and then not only optimize the system but also have a close information which will enable them to design a new system different way than what they have done in the past so welcome wolfgang so how did you end up in the water industry? Um, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer and uh, then uh, I studied uh, physics in Vienna uh, with the focus on complex systems and measurement technology, very much involved in optics and uh, worked in R&D for 20 years in different, uh, yeah, from automotive to string manufacturing and uh, all kinds of uh, things, uh, fire, fireproof doors. And then I decided to move to do something with water because I was always fascinated by water. Also, my grandpa was very fascinated, fascinated by water. He was also an engineer. So I decided to, to do something with water and I, I spent two years in different water quality, so in different companies who manufactured systems for water quality measurements. And I came to the conclusion that uh, that's very interesting, but I would do it completely different. And so I started in 2010, I started to develop my own uh, ideas. And um, yeah, from then on, it took quite a while, but uh, 2014, we had the first devices in the field. And since then, we are building up, we are spreading the information, we are improving and uh, optimizing the technology. We are uh, adopting it to different applications. So it's a very fascinating job. I can imagine. I mean, that's same thing for me. It's, it's very fascinating. And it's never-ending story in water. You always have something to learn. That's, that's one yeah. of the challenges in the water system. Yeah, and applications are so, you know, if you think about anything and then you subtract the water, then there's nothing left, you know? It uh, doesn't matter, is it a, a city, is it a, a village, is it the agriculture, is it uh, 
production, whatever kind of industries. If there's no water, there's nothing. It's, it's the basis. And the quality of water is extremely important. Depending on the application, of course, you need different qualities, but it's always a physical quality dimension, a, a chemical dimension of quality, and a microbiological dimension of quality, which is of importance for the respective application. And the, the, the microbiological dimension is the most difficult one because it's able to, to double within 30 minutes if conditions are okay. All right. And it has effects, especially if it comes to humans, the health effects are within minutes. So if, if you drink a glass of water with a 10 volt uh, lead content uh, of, of the, the, the usual limit, then nothing will happen. If you do that for 40 years, you possibly get sick. But if you drink one glass of water, um, um, with a bacterial contamination, it only needs 30 minutes. And if you, of course, if you got a problem in, in, in a city, in a larger city with mic microbes or status, uh, bacteria spreading throughout the drinking water system, then, you know, that that's really a horror scenario because it, it would, uh, the, the hospitals would be full immediately. So that's a very important uh, quality parameter, the microbiological dimension of water quality. And it's still, the standard method is based on making bacteria visible by letting them proliferate and form colonies. It's just making them visible. And, and this this forming formation of colonies takes time. You cannot speed that up. So you get the result um, 24 hours or five days later. And that's like driving by looking out the back window of the car. You, you, you only see what you hit yesterday. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's the, the interesting thing about the, our technology that that we and that's our aim to provide this important parameter as a process feedback or process for process control in real time so enabling to drive the vehicle by looking out the front window and not the back window that's that's what we try and of course this this has a lot of positive or can have a lot of positive effects. As you can imagine, it's the same as, it's really a little bit like, like driving a car. Of course, if you, if you can look, look out the front window, then the car doesn't have to be a tank that runs across everything, which is in the way because you can see what's coming. You can, you can avoid collisions, you can, act upon what's coming up if if you've not if you've not got this possibility you need a, a big heavy vehicle and which is able to drive across everything which is in the way and that's not efficient and not safe and 
but that's the the standard in that's across all applications yeah so I, I will come to this point because um when i look to the the graph you know the way how the standard method they uh, disinfect the the water stream by measuring every four or five days and the way how you can disinfect the water by using your technology it's not only saving but also other things that pop up in my mind that i will discuss with you later but just a question i mean the origin of Minder, i mean the id itself so from where it comes and how it has been developed so far within those years um the idea the basic idea as, as i mentioned before the, the basic approach let's say on the standard method is to to make this invisible small organisms the bacteria visible by by letting them putting them in, into ideal conditions incubating them letting them grow until they become visible because they proliferate and of course that's it, not a, a way to to speed that up uh, therefore we needed a different approach and this different approach is to to use the the metabolic activity of the of the organisms as a measure for their presence and for their concentration as a measure for contamination because the metabolism is a basic a basic precondition for life and that's that's the same uh, for for humans for plants for animals for bacteria if something is alive it needs to have a metabolism because it needs energy and in all all living organisms the metabolic process is, is catalyzed by enzymes enzymes are are the catalysts that that may speed up that process to an efficient uh, system so what we do is we directly measure that metabolic activity and as some organisms got specific enzymes by measuring those enzymes specific for one organism or a group of organisms we can specifically measure the metabolic activity or the life energy per volume of these organisms and that's of course that's a very fundamental approach it's even more fundamental than the uh, cultivation of organisms because not every living organism is culturable but every culturable organism needs to be living therefore uh, we got a more conservative view on on uh, the contamination yeah, the, the, the idea itself is not new. The idea itself is used in medicine and, and, and medical tests since 40, 50 years. And, um, the first uh, company I was aware of who, who I, that made me aware was uh, MB Online, uh, a company that developed a system to, to measure that uh, bacterial contamination based on uh enzymatic activity 
Uh, unfortunately, the company went bankrupt, but then it got uh, taken over by by Microlam in uh, Netherlands. Um, yeah, that that's how I came. Uh, I, I I have been. Yeah, I have made, been made aware of by by seeing that. Okay, that's a good idea. Okay. The, 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 the chemical uh, qualities are interesting too, but there's a huge, there are a lot of measurement uh, technologies and there's a lot of companies doing that. But the, 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 the enzymatic or the uh, microbiological parameter is much more interesting because there was not much uh, technology available on the market. So in the water, let's take, for, for instance, for example, drinking water or wastewater applications. Um, so there are different bacteria there. And the way how I understand it from you, there are some bacteria, some um, microorganisms that can be culturable, some others, they cannot be culturable. You cannot grow them. And then, so what you are targeting, you're targeting the enzymes. So um, every cells uh, with metabolism carry enzymes that produce fluorophore, if I understood correctly. And then my question is, your solution, does it cover all different type of bacteria that exist, for instance, in wastewater or drinking water, or um, you only focus on specific type of, let's say, bacteria? No, so we cover all, it's not only bacteria. Uh, um, it depends, as, as mentioned before, each organism, if alive, if alive, needs uh, every living organism needs energy. Therefore, it needs metabolism, a metabolic um, activity to to gain energy from its environment. It's the exchange with the environment, and depending if a group of bacteria or a bacteria carries a specific enzyme, we can measure this specific group by measuring the activity of that enzyme. But there are also enzymes which are present in almost every living organism, uh, like the alkaline phosphatase. Using this, we produce a signal from any living organism. That means it might be an algae, it might be yeast, it might be mold, it might be bacteria, it might be legionella, it might be uh, Pseudomonas, E. coli, um, coliform, whatever it is. Uh, most of the living organisms, almost every living organism, got alkaline phosphatase as part of its metabolic system carries this enzyme and therefore it produces a signal. And that's the this special thing about our rapid microbiological approach, the enzymatic approach, which is not ours. It, it's, uh, as, as mentioned before, it's, it's an uh, enzyme kinetics is something that has been there for years and years. And, and it's used a lot in medical tests, but uh, we adopted it for water, 
in order to do so, we needed to develop a specific uh, measurement system, which is highly, highly, highly sensitive because the concentration of uh, organisms in the water is usually very low, especially in drinking water, food and beverage production and so on. Because uh, living organisms in your food or in your drink um, is the opposite of it. Then you have the opposite of a durable product. If you have got something living in your in your food, then this which is living in your food will process your food. So tomorrow your food will be different from today. And that's the opposite of durable. So as soon as you want to have a durable product, and of course, uh, even more in pharmaceutical industries, if you want to have a durable product, which is the same tomorrow and not change from today to tomorrow, then you need to avoid that you have organisms in there which change your product from today to tomorrow. If they change it from today to tomorrow, then through working through their metabolic activity, or at least their metabolic activity is a basic indication that something is alive in there. And if it's alive, then something, then things happen. And that changes your product. And that's what you don't want. A very basic and very important basic concept about microbiological contamination is uh, the uh, indicator organism system. So indicator organisms are organisms which indicate fecal contamination, for instance. And that's extremely important because E. coli is the most common and most used and best uh, fecal indicator because humans, not because it's dangerous, but only because humans and all warm-blooded animals need it in, in their gut in order to have a good metabolic system. So it's the, the most... Um, it's in numbers, it's exceeding the all pathogens and all harmful bacteria by, by, by millions. And that's why it's used as an indicator. It's not the danger, it's only indication of a possible danger, of a possible risk. It's it, E. coli contamination, any fecal indicator indicates that there is a fecal, a certain level of fecal contamination, and a certain level of fecal contamination indicates a certain risk. And that's where all those water quality parameters are being derived from. If you have a bathing water, you can accept a certain risk, which correlates with a certain uh, E. coli uh, presence or a certain E. coli presence or a certain level of E. coli contamination reflects a certain contamination with fetus, mostly from switch plants or something, which as such represent a certain level of risk. Usually there's no, no difference made, but of course, 
if you have a hospital switch plant, the same E. coli contamination would reflect a higher risk. If you have uh, lucky cows somewhere, uh, then they might reflect uh, fecal contamination coming from them might reflect a lower risk, but that's usually not uh, taken into account. There's a certain a level of uh, fecal contamination acceptable for certain uh, applications or uses. And of course, for drinking water, the acceptable level is zero equaling 100 ml, which is not a very good way I think to measure quality because zero could also mean that I forgot to insert the the reaction chemicals or the, uh, for for the incubation. So it's a, it's a, not an ideal parameter uh, in the in the standard uh, culture based lab method to say everything's fine if I don't find anything. But that's my physics physicists physicians physicians uh, point of view on microbiology yeah so uh, correct me if i'm wrong the way how i understand it let's say in abstract way which is um colimine that is is a sensor designed for biological for for let's say for living organism and then the way how for example you design colimander for each applications for instance drinking water or wastewater um, you are targeting only the indicator organism is that true yeah sensor sensor is a little bit uh, yeah some people say sensor but it's a it's a measurement system the measurement itself is a batch process Okay. That's something we have to understand if you want to measure life, and that's what we want to do. No, no use in, in uh, detecting dead bacteria because they don't reflect the risk. Might have been killed by, uh, they might have been killed uh, by disinfection. Um, so um, I'm sorry, but I think my, my clock will start striking in a minute. Uh, don't be confused. Okay. Uh, it's a yeah. typical the, the German with a bird. <laughs> no? no, no, it's not with the bird. It's uh, it's just an analog clock with okay. with a bell. But as it is eleven, it will strike eleven. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not a sensor. It's 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 a real measurement thing performing a enzyme assay, a fully automated enzyme assay, measuring enzyme kinetics. If you want to measure life, you always need some time and some reagent because you need something for the life to react with. And then you have to monitor how strong the life is reacting with what you gave him to react, react in order to measure its intensity. By, by just a single, you cannot measure light like you measure voltage or temperature. You need to monitor it for a while and you need to give something to cause a reaction of this life. Otherwise, you can measure it. That, that's a basic thing to understand because sometimes people always ask for measuring bacteria but without reagents. 
yeah, you can use DNA analysis, but then you only identify the type, but you don't know if it's alive or not. If you want to measure if it is alive, you can also use DNA, but you have to, you would have to, to measure today, then you wait until tomorrow, you, you measure again. If you get more copies, if you get more gene copies, then there was an, uh, an increase, so there was proliferating. But, but with one single uh, measurement, you are unable, it's not possible to measure life uh, without reagents and without time. So our system is using reagents and some time, uh, which makes the system also very robust because everything that stays constant during measurement time is not part of the signal. Only the things that change because we want to measure life. We want to, we, we focus on those things changed by the existing enzymes. So it's a very robust approach. So the sensor, the sensor is not a sensor, the sensor is more or less a machine. And it, it has a measurement head, which is, uh, uh, carries all the measurement technology and the sensors and the, all the things need to, to condition the sample. And there's a liquid handling module, which is, uh, bringing sample, cleaning everything, um, making sure that the sample is representative. There are add-on modules because we have the, the devices deployed in different applications and we need to support the customer in, in providing uh, a, a good uh, and a representative sample. So it might be you know, on a harbor, and it might be six meters down to the sea, and they want to measure the, the fecal contamination in the sea level. Of course, we need to bring the, the sample up. Or, or it's, a, it's a mineral water bottling plant, and they, uh, they want to measure their well water um, or monitor it, but they don't want to leave the tap open all the time, and the water flowing because they would lose a lot of water. So then we, we have add-on modules that open that tap, let it run for a while, and take the sample, and then shut it off again. We even offer add-on modules in case we measure uh, elevated um, contamination in a drinking water plant, for instance, then our module triggers uh, a special sampler we built and the sampler is able to fill one to 20 liters or 40 liters, whatever they want, of sample into a sterile bottle. Those are the add-on modules, asking your question of applications, different models. And basically the, the core, the, the measurement unit is the same in all modules. Models are at the time mostly differentiated by by the size and and the power supply available we have a mobile version which is which can be carried up uh, in, into the mountains by scientists in order to monitor the well up there uh, but that's the only application for the mobile as soon as we 
have uh, a car available, we have uh, a car or a boat, we have devices which are in, which you can in, install in your car, uh, run by car battery or by on a boat for surface water mapping and so on. But most most of the devices are just AC powered uh, devices, and uh, it's the same device. You can install the same device in uh, sewage uh, treatment discharge to monitor contamination and control the disinfection that uh, you can use. It's the same device which is used to monitor the microbiological contamination of a mineral water well or of the of the water in a, in a bottling process in order to decide whether it's still okay to produce or if uh, the bottling line has to be stopped for a cleaning place process because there's also already an elevated um, microbiological activity, biofilm, whatever. So that, that's a very interesting application because those cleaning place processes are very expensive. And, uh, you know, if we can save one cleaning place process in two years, everything would be paid. But we can save 20% of the cleaning place processes per year. So there's a huge return or a fast return on investment in those in, in specific applications, specifically in, in bottling or, or in those uh, processes where we, we can help the customer to, to adopt the intensity of processes to the actual level of contamination, like disinfection. Okay, so exactly those, this point that you mentioned that um, there is a good saving and compensation once the customer adopts your solution. Um, could you just share, for instance, two case studies and then let's say in practical terms, how much um, the quality miner has saved compared to the conventional way of analyzing the living organism? Um, yeah, the conventional way, as, as mentioned, is, is uh, driving a car looking out the, out the back window. And in order to be safe, you need a big car or a trunk, a tank. Uh, if, if you think about, and there's also applications where it's hard to, to measure it in, in money. Because if you think about a beach, a beach like uh, Montreal, we have, beach on St. Laurent River, there's a river, there are switch plants upstream, like in every river in our modern world. So there's a beach and now using the standard method, it would work like this. You take a sample, you bring the sample to the lab uh, 24 hours later or 30 hours later, including all the manipulation time, you get the result and then you end up closing the beach tomorrow because the contamination was too high yesterday. It doesn't make sense. Everybody realizes that it doesn't make sense because, yeah, it has no effect. If you introduce our method there, 
then you have 15 minutes time to resolve. You can automatically measure every hour. You see not only the actual contamination level, but from the timeline you see, okay, now it's increasing, it's increasing, it's increasing. You even see the slope. You even could determine where it will be in two hours and when you would have to close the beach. Now, it's hard to measure this in return on investment. I mean, you would have to include the illnesses and the cost of casualties and, and so on. But other applications like switch uh, plant or switch uh, plant discharge disinfection, return on investment depends on the regulations of the specific country. If you have a huge fine, by if you violate the discharge limits, then it might pay back even even faster. If you if you only want to comply and uh, adopt your chlorine dosage to the actual level of contamination, theoretically you would save at least fifty percent of the of the chlorine at the same time reducing the byproducts the negative byproducts of chlorination also to 50 percent that's because uh, the the contamination timeline of a switch plant is like a sinus curve uh, with a period of 24 hours that because of the daily life cycle of the humans and but it's not only uh, always constant. So if you if you would like to disinfect the discharge of a sewage plant without knowing the actual contamination level, then you would have to adjust your chlorine dosage or your ozone dosage dosage to the worst case if you want to be safe. Clear. Don't you think? Yes. I mean. Yeah. If you, if you, if it's, if because I have a question you, here, I, I mean it's very interesting. Yeah. I have a question, and I, I want to to continue because I have the the question that pops up in my mind here. When I heard about this, I was thinking also about um, uh, what about because when I was working with reverse osmosis in some plants, they have they use the chlorine before reverse osmosis, and also they deactivate the chlorine with sodium metabisulfate or other chemicals too. To, yeah. to, to remove the chlorine. So when I was thinking about your solution, if you would use that solution before the hour, for instance, you would not only optimize 50% of the chlorine, but also you would optimize the 50% of the solution that they add to disinfect the chlorine. Sure, sure. That's my thinking, yeah. You would, you would be able to reduce the, uh, the neutralization to almost exactly. zero. Yeah. This is a, would be a big, a big advantage, sure. Another, another very interesting application is uh, membrane integrity monitoring. So we have, it's one of our first installations since 2015. Uh, one of our devices is monitoring uh, the permeate of a hospital uh, ambient in Denmark. Uh, so we monitor the, the permeate and as soon as there's any problem with the ultrafiltration membranes, we see a peak, a contamination peak. And because we can measure so with a high, with a high measurement frequency, 
Uh, there's a possibility to correlate the time of the peak with the switching pattern of the modules. Therefore, you can identify which module have come into place and caused the peak. So you know which one to take out. And this way, our device is safeguarding that the uh, discharge of that uh, switch plant and making sure that all the membranes are always intact and in good shape because it's discharging into a recreational area and it would be of high risk if there would be contamination. What we see, and that's in every application, the customers might purchase the system because they want to save money or they whatever, just curious. Or, but after we see from the timelines that they learn a lot. If they want or not, by getting that information and by visualizing what's going on in their processes, they automatically produce or improve their own systems. It's, it's uh, fantastic to see how much the, the timelines change within the first months even. As soon as they get the possibility to see what's going on in their process. Of course, they even, because they know more about the process, they could even draw more information from the timeline as they got other parameters too, and they can combine information and they see the microbiological dimension as well. And that leads to an improvement of the process. And that's, I think, that's the future uh, because this possibility of offering microbiological quality as a process feedback and in real time, of course, first, you have a huge potential to improve existing processes. That's what, that's why we sell the devices at the moment because people, um, companies can improve like, like in bottling industry, they can save millions by having an evidence based on which they can decide to stop production and start cleaning. And right after cleaning, they can verify that the cleaning was successful and they can test their final products before they ship it. But it only takes 15 minutes before it took three days. So they had to wait for three days until the lab results are there. And then they were able to ship it. Now they can make a quick check, 15 minutes, and then they can ship it. So it's a huge, uh, a very fast return on investment. But the next, the next step will be, this possibility opens up uh, a field to develop new, more sustainable processes because we can include the microbiological water quality into process feedback. So I think that there is a huge potential to develop much more efficient and sustainable, especially sustainable processes using microbes to fight microbes, for instance, instead of using chemicals to fight microbes. I think there's a huge potential for, for new development. And that's also something because we, Yeah, just sorry. one question here, Wolfgang, you mentioned, you said that, I mean, this technology is enabling new other technologies for 
uh, if I understand correctly, follow the water treatment system. So what do you mean by that? It's kind of new technology that need to be incorporated with your system or? Oh, based on the fact that, that um, using our system, the microbiological quality or bacterial contamination is available in real time. Mm -hmm. there, there is a huge potential to develop new methods to treat water and new processes which have not been possible without this direct process feedback. Even existing processes which are designed to run using overdosing, oversized uh, processes. If you don't know what's coming, you have to design your process for the worst case in any way. Yeah. And if, if it's a flocking agent concentration, uh, you, you add or, or the chlorine or the, the ozone generator power or the SIP process. If you stop production to, to clean your, your bottling plant, you're stopping it because you, you have to find, you, you balance between risk and cost. But there's no, or it's very little evidence on which you can base your, your decision. So you have to keep more safety margin. This is expensive. If you have evidence, you can modify the process. You can move your, your critical control points. You can reduce the necessary uh, safety margin because you, uh, you have high frequent real-time measurement, so you can save money. But the next step, I think, will be to not only improve existing process, but develop new process based on the fact that this parameter is available now. And that maybe, I don't know, wastewater treatment can, can be more efficient and, and using more uh, microbes for processes which are now supported or done by chemicals. That's my vision. Yeah, it's, if it's, so the way how I see it, which is um, the OEMs, they design systems knowing in the back in their mind that this parameter will be measured in three, four days. But if you have the information 15 minutes, you may design the system, not oversize it, but really optimize the design of your system. Is this the way how I understand the question? Yes, that's the first step. The next step is you might, may be able to design new systems. Mm -hmm. Because um, if, if it's just an idea, if you think about uh, uh, instead of chemical treatment, biological treatment, this biological processes always need to be in a balance. Otherwise, uh, you, 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 you cannot oversize bio, biological processes. You, need, you can oversize chlorine dosage. But if you want to have a, a working microbes working, doing their job, you need to have a balanced system. Otherwise, it doesn't work. 
in order to get that balance, to maintain the balance, you need the feedback. If we provide the microbiological um, um, contamination and, and these parameters as a process feedback, there might be a possibility to develop new processes based more on microbiology and less on chemistry. That's just an idea, but I'm, I'm sure that, that there is a possibility. Yeah, and, and then for, for the 15 minutes, um, this limitation, is it because fundamentally you cannot go below 15 minutes or it's just a question of engineering that you may improve it in the future to, let's say, seven minutes? Or yeah, actually, minutes. it's five minutes or six minutes at the moment. And of course, we could oh, improve okay. it. We can, we, can, uh, we, we can speed it up. It always also have a balance between equality, reproducibility. Um, for instance, for for sewage uh, treatment discharge uh, stream, it would not be that important. We could also reduce the, the time. In the drinking water, if you want to have extremely high resolution and, and extremely good reproducibility and so on and so on, then it's more important. So that's not that's not a limit, but as mentioned before, in order to measure life, you need some time. Without time, you cannot decide whether this is a life or not, or how how intense this life or this contamination. Uh, bacterial contamination is life per volume, kind of, physically speaking. So to measure life, you need time and reagent. And then, I mean, uh, talking about life per volume, it's, it's a good, I mean, it's, it's a good definition that you put there. Uh, the, the quality of the measurement that's quality of mind that is delivering compared to the quality of the measurement that's normally we get from the conventional uh, measurements. So how, how, how can you compare those? Uh, I, I didn't get the second the, part. The of accuracy it. of the quality miner, for instance. Yeah. So how how can you compare the accuracy of your system compared to the conventional? Um, to the uh, conventional culture-based. Exactly, culture-based. Yeah. yeah. The culture-based method. Um, yeah, it was the only available, but it's not really a measurement. It's a, it's a, a system to establish to, to, to get to know, to, to evaluate the level of contamination. You know, uh, one colony can be formed out of one organism or out of 1,000 organisms. And that's why it's called colony forming units and not E. coli per volume. So it's colony forming units per volume. So this, this standard method has a very, it's not a real measurement, but it has a, a very high variation. It can be 20 plus minus 20% if you repeat the same or measure the same sample repeatedly. Our, our measurement is, is a real measurement based on, on this enzymatic activity and the reproducibility is usually between below 1%. So if you measure the same sample several times, the deviation is below 1%. And we are constantly increasing that. Also the linearity and everything, it's a real measurement. And the good thing about it is that the, we measure enzyme kinetics. For each enzyme, there's a scientific definition for its activity. We, don't, we didn't make that, that's, that's there. 
enzymes are commercially available. For that reason, there's a possibility to produce solutions of known enzymatic activity according to the scientific definition of enzyme activity of the specific enzyme. And we can use that to calibrate our devices or to validate any measurement device which is using the enzymatic approach without the need to know how they measure. And this is a, a precondition, a required precondition for a future standard. If you want to establish a standard, you need to have a method to validate um, measurement devices which are measuring according to that standard. And you need to have the possibility to define certain levels, acceptable levels for bathing water, whatever, um, according to some scientifically defined values. So our system is extremely linear, short, long answer to your short question is extremely linear and is extremely reproducible because it's based on, on the enzymes and those are statistically much more than individual culturable or not culturable bacteria. Right. And then the way just wrap up here, the, the applications that so far that you are focusing with drinking water, bottled water, wastewater, produce a uh, process water surface and bathing and then membrane integrity. Um, yeah, the membrane, uh, membrane, I think membrane is very interesting. We should yes. have uh, another discussion on that because I think you know a lot about membranes. Uh, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is brings me to, just to the last question, which is, um, I mean, I'm coming from the membrane side and I know, I mean, talking to you and when I studied, uh, let's say, this technology from your homepage, I realized how much is valuable. And then the question is, how do you see the, let's say, the adoption of the market? I mean, the market is reacting fast with your solution to adopt it in so many wastewater plants, in so many drinking water, or the market is a little bit shy because there is something else. Um, if you, if you, if you compared, or if you are aware that the water market is one of its main thing is that it is slow, very slow and very conservative because it's very important. It's a very important thing to have good. Uh, water quality and nobody wants to change very quickly and also the systems are established for very long time at least in Europe and and they have been working like this for 100 years so why why should they change anything so from that perspective it's sometimes slow uh, compared to other technologies like uh, I don't know any app fitness app or something of course much faster uh what we see is that asia is very fast compared to europe the, the there are differences but uh, and also what we see is that uh, that the private sector is faster than the, the the governmental sector which also is not surprising yeah. uh 
we see that especially in bottling because of the high cost of the cleaning place process uh, the adoption is very fast of course with a high return on investment and they have to struggle their all their life with with deciding when to shut down production in order to clean and we can help in making this decision so it's different from the adoption side and uh, yeah I, I'm very happy with uh, with the the speed of development. I think more would be not feasible to to catch up with because we need to develop the company as well in order to uh, to cover the to to produce and to further develop. Of course, we're always further developing. I think it's uh, it's. It has it, it's like a, a like an exponential growth always. It takes very long to get a little increase and a little increase, and then as soon as the information is spread, and I hope that you, your uh, your podcast will also help to spread the information. Um, then it's it's like an avalanche. Well, the information is, is spreading faster and faster. And of course, that, that is causing more people asking for, for the technology, asking for more uh, information and then doing pilots. And then it always takes long, you know, from the first contact until the first installation. It sometimes takes a year, sometimes a little bit longer. Only bottling industry is faster, and but then they do it pilot, and then they have to um, to evaluate the data, and then they have to take a decision to roll that out through all their water production plants or all their bottling plants, and this is again a process which takes time. So you you shouldn't it's not we cannot expect that there anything is is fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's hundred uh, percent true, and this is also my experience. I mean, uh, bringing new membrane in the in the water system, you need to find the decision makers. You need to find that one who can give you one place where you can do the pilot test and then show the data within one to three months yeah. how accurate the data, and then go back and go forth, and then yeah. But you have a great advantage because you can put the standard membrane next yeah. to your membrane, then you can run it in parallel, and then you can see this is much more efficient, or this lasts longer, or uh, whatever. This has a higher, uh, whatever is important rate, uh, needs less pressure, and so on. You can directly prove that makes the speeds up the the, the process. Uh, in in the rapid microbiology. You have the lab people who always used to take a sample and then uh, two days later they, they get the results. Uh, you can't really compare it. Uh, there is no, not yet the input plug to control the uh, dosage of the chlorination through any microbiological, actual, actual microbiological contamination. So this has to be developed and this is the difficult thing about the rapid microbiology because it's not 
it's not replacing something, it's something new. That's also the interesting thing about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's 70%. No, go ahead. Sorry. Look, go ahead. I just, uh, I mean, uh, because you asked about uh, different approaches for rapid microbiology. Yeah. Uh, basically, there's two, two possibilities. You could either try to find every individual microorganism in your sample, and then you you analyze it optically and say, okay, that looks like an E. coli. And uh, this is the one, one method, one approach. And the other approach is you take a volume, you, you, you put in something, uh, chemical or whatever, and uh, you receive a signal from the community which is present in the volume. This second is our approach. We, we start a biochemical process. If there are enzymes in there, we will receive a signal. As soon as they are there, they will start producing and we monitor how they produce. That's a very linear thing. And that makes the measurement extremely robust. And, you know, we have, that's the reason why we can use the same device for wastewater and uh, purest water. Everything, we have a 0.8 millimeter intake line, everything that enters is no problem. Uh, makes, it, makes it robust and easy to use in all applications. And specific because we can address specific enzymes, which, might be, which are specific for E. coli, for instance. The other approach is the one where every organism has to be inspected in order to in order to decide whether the organism is alive or not you need to to also have to start uh, to introduce a, a biochemical process in order to to stain it, it's called staining you, you need you need to cause a reaction let's say you add an uh, you, I add a substrate and, and, and the E. coli become blue, whatever, if they are alive. If they are dead, they have no color. If they are alive, they become blue. Then you have to inspect and, and move through your sample and find every E. coli, and then you count them. So this is, this is, called, this is called a flow cytometric approach. Actually, it's not specific to E. coli, that only they can decide between living organisms and dead organisms. And, but they have to, to run the sample through a very small capillary, one by one. And it's a fascinating method, but it's producing a huge amount of data. And it's not easy to interpret that data. So, but basically, those are the two approaches. And what we see in the market is also that the flow cytometers uh, do quite good, I guess, in, especially in drinking water. Um, but what we also hear is that the customers have problems with interpretation of the data because 
um, it's not in our in our technology that's an inherent system as soon as the enzymatic activity goes up our reading goes up means there's more of the target in in flow cytometry you might have a new cloud of dots showing up somewhere in your 2d uh, result picture and you have to find out what that means so in this respect i think it's uh, yeah, yeah both are interesting both i think the the flow cytometric approach is more it's, it's scientifically very interesting because it provides a lot of data but for actual use in and uh, customers use the the enzymatic approach is more intuitive and of course it's very robust and uh, you have a possibility to measure drinking water but you can use the same device to measure surface water or wastewater or everything yeah. so do you have any uh, let's say um, uh, developments in pipeline and in, in terms of let's say are you developing new technical features to your system that you yeah, would sure. add in the future and yeah yes okay we're always improving the process yeah. increasing the the or reducing the the noise the measurement noise by different uh, improvements and we are we will start to diversify because we could of course increase increase the the performance if we adopt more to a specific application like only drinking water because if i want to measure only drinking water then i could replace a few components in there which might be useful for wastewater but not needed for drinking water and by doing so we can improve performance and we will also improve the so that that's also one thing we we didn't mention yet but uh, we can measure for instance in and um wastewater or e coli measurement we can measure from so limit of detection lower limit of detection is between zero and three cfu if expressed in the standard uh, culture-based numbers so zero to three uh cfu or mpn and the upper limit is about 80 million 100 million mpn or cfu so that's a huge range which can, can be covered without any need for delusion or and uh that's what we are also targeting to to get below that to get drastically below that okay. and in in if you if we think about drinking water and drinking water um the the standard method is the HPC the heterotrophic plate count, which is usually given in CFU per ml. In this case, the resolution or the limit of detection of our system is about 100 times below the standard for drinking water measurements. So we can measure in the range of zero to four CFU 
per 100 ml uh, if compared to standard method. So 100 times more sensitive than, uh, than the standard drinking water heterotrophic plate count measurement. And that's important. So we will increase or we will reduce the limit of detection uh, in, in our different uh, systems. And of course, we will improve work working on new reagents because that's also something specific to our measurement approach and that we can specifically measure certain organisms. So recirculating aquacultures, for instance, is a very uh, interesting application because it's important to, to have sustainable production of meat or fish. Fish is extremely important. Aquacultures are important, but they're destroying nature. So they should be sustainable aquacultures, which have a closed circle. And then, of course, you need microbiological contamination is an important factor if you have a closed cycle growing fish, tons of fish. If something went wrong, the fish are dead. So yeah. there's a lot of applications. Yeah. And then just to wrap up, I think it's uh, nowadays it's, it's a hype. Everyone is talking about artificial intelligence and stuff like that. So when I listened to you, when I saw the available, let's say, measurement analysis for the living organism in the water, um, I think of your solution would help so much, um, let's say, OEMs to learn more let's you call it artificial intelligence or whatever you call it you, they will learn more about the what their water their waste water instead of having measurement analysis within a long period of time i would say sure i first of all if artificial intelligence yeah I, I didn't mention but we have we have a software platform of course and we're working on that and there's algorithms we call it algorithms uh, the, the question is when when it's an algorithm, when it's an artificial exactly, intelligence. Yeah. Artificial intelligence is very important, uh, but to train algorithms, whatever kind of algorithms you need data. And of course, if you automatically can produce a lot of data, which can be correlated to other sets of data, which are also automatically produced, you can train a system. It's very hard to train a system if you do it one test a day or one test a week. So from that perspective, it's extremely important. And that's what we already see because we have visualizations. Uh, we provide our customers with, um, with timelines and visualizations of their measurement data, online visualizations. Uh, you don't need to be an expert to see what will be the next measurement if the curve is going ex up exponentially. I mean, that's logical, but what will be the next? And that's already prediction. And that's also a very important thing. I mean, moving from knowing what has been last week to knowing what will be next hour, next two hours. And if you incorporate other data as well, like better data, depending on whatever application you are, then you really can go into a weather forecast for microbes. So a real prediction model, and that's feasible. It needs a lot of data, but we have a lot of data. Yeah. 
Wolfgang, thank you very much. It's so interesting. I mean, I would encourage also the audience if in the homepage, there is so much valuable data information on this solution. I mean, from academic standpoint and also from industry standpoint, this is also what for me, I find it very interesting because um, I'm, I mean, to find articles, I mean, fundamentally to understand how things work, how the, 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 the quality of the data and also from the industrial perspective, those two things very interesting. I found them in your homepage. So if you would like to stay with, with the, if you would like to share anything um, with the audience and then please also share your, how they can reach you by email or by your homepage or feel free. Yeah, sure. So uh, we are happy to, to provide information. We try to keep it uh, as information, not as marketing. I think we need, so we, we, we there's a lot of scientific uh, work being done using our technology, validating our technology. We try to present all that. We also like to work with scientists and we also like to, to work with uh, customers trying new things, optimizing their processes. So please, contact us either through our homepage, which is uh, www.colyminder.com or our company is named uh, VWMS, uh, Vienna Water Monitoring Solutions. So if you write an email to office at vwms.at, uh, we will be happy to, to answer your questions, to have a web conference, and to discuss whatever is coming up in, in questions or we can suggest solutions. We are happy, yeah, we are happy to, to share information and to discuss. And yeah, I hope that there will be some emails at least. And yeah, I thank you very much, Akib, uh, for having that possibility. And, I hope we keep in contact as well because I would really like to discuss the uh, the membrane topics and the possibilities. Yes, that's definitely. I mean, so many questions pop up in my mind, and specifically in the membrane. And then, yeah, that's that's definitely we'll come back in the future. And thank you very much, Wolfgang. And then I wish you all the best, all the success. Yeah, all the best for you. All the best for the audience. Hope to talk to you soon. Yes.